and welcome to Justice Losers Review, the most unqualified podcast telling you our opinions about a movie you probably saw. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? That was a weird little robotic intonation. People should like, subscribe, tell a friend, and check out remproductions.net. Dot net. Dot net. Things are happening. We're putting stuff up there. We're putting stuff up there. Or things Sometimes. are up there. Things are um, up there. But things more will things, continue to go up there. We have a lot of things in the move. On the move. Yep. I filmed a lot of the thing today. Then I'm exhausted. Good but stuff. Good stuff. The way our reviews work is we will have two sections. We will start with spoilers and we will go to non-spoilers afterwards. If you haven't seen the movie and you just want to know our thoughts, general thoughts about themes and kind of what the movie's like, Look at the timestamp in the description, if there is one. Hopefully there is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and skip straight to that. We've got a little bit of time, so skip to it now. Uh, skipping, skipping. We will, in each section, we will do the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good is what we liked about it. The bad is what we did not like about it. And the ugly is things that are not particularly accurate to the source material. Uh, we will do those both, eh, mostly in both sections. Usually falls apart in the second section. Mm-hmm. Matt! Preston. What are we talking about? What what movie did we see that other people probably saw? The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Gotta specify. 2021. The Suicide Squad 2021. Starring Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, Margot Robbie, and Jai Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it confusing. Uh, the new Suicide Squad. One, the one uh, directed and written by James Gunn mm-hmm. of the Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Mm-hmm. Also uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 fame. Infam. Infam? in fame nah it's fine that's not what the movie we're talking about james gunn james gunn got canceled once let's not get into that let's talk about the movie <laughs> yes let's what did you like about it um, Oh wait we have to i guess technically spoilers we start with yeah that. okay we're starting with some spoilers yeah spoilers spoilers we're gonna we're gonna spoil this movie we're gonna spoil it rotten if you depending on how this went we're recording this in a different order we technically have already spoiled everything about the movie at this <laughs> point. but for you if you're listening to non-spoilers first it's uh, spoilers coming up this turn is your chance your, to duck out d- duck out goose out get out of here mute turn it off Go home. Go read a book. Read a Go book. Go sit outside. Go enjoy the sunshine. Go what watch are you the doing? Movie. What are you doing listening to us for? Come on. Get your life together. God. What'd you like about it? Uh I liked that they went full balls to the walls with Starro. Like mm. you know, even we knew he was gonna be in it from yes, the trailers. It, was, it wasn't like the first trailer too. It was like at least mostly clear. But in the second trailer, it was like, hey, look, it's Starro. Yeah. Also called it, was it Project Starro or whatever? or Starfish. Starfish. Yeah. No, it kind of yeah. gives it away. Definitely going to be Starro. Starro. And um, honestly, I thought it was going to be about a butthole, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I fully agree. I'm really glad they just went all out with it and mm-hmm. that it was like the final villain too. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like a big misdirection of the trailers. Like it kind of kind of subverted our expectations of typically subverted expectations about what mm-hmm. the climax is going to be. Yeah. Like with the guardians Two, the whole trailer was like formed around the title sequence fight, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, but this was just like, yeah, I mean, you go into it expecting what you expected. You, to me, I feel like I got what I expected. Yeah. I think, I think that's roughly fair. And I think it would have been really easy for them to, lock starro in a room for something in the entire movie and it's just like he pops out its little starfish people and it's like a hive mind zombies kind of situation and they did a little bit of that but then they let him rampage through the whole town and that was that was was like actually starro yep um no i i that was so much fun uh the the deaths the the way they handled that entire like mm-hmm. it's a giant cast kill them all off in the first yeah 20 minutes 15 minutes yep i loved that so much yeah like that was narratively speaking very smart mm-hmm. like it was like you know it's it just it it distracts you it kind of gives you like a little taste of what's what's gonna happen like mm-hmm. the people die and stuff like that yeah but also kind of like meta narratively speaking that's james gunn getting rid of the david ayer era yeah like with the exception of uh 
Harley, which is, who has now more of an established mm-hmm. uh, presence in the DC movies. Uh, Jai Courtney, as much as he's a great Captain Boomerang, yep. still a remnant of the day of the horrific Suicide Squad movie. Yep. Again, not David Ayer's fault. Nope. There's <laughs> a lot of interesting reasons behind that. We're not going to we get into it. Had a rev- I think we had an episode about that. Did we? I think it has come up in episodes before. I don't yes. know if it has been the focal point like it of the episode. deserves a proper episode. Maybe yeah. we'll talk about that eventually. When they finally release the hashtag air cut. Yeah. Release the hashtag air cut. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I loved how they did that. It, yeah. I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen with mm-hmm. them. Um, like they were going in for the fight and I'm like, cool. A lot of them are probably going to die. And then they Didn't all died. Almost all of them would die. <laughs> uh, and it was just like, it felt natural that yep. like they died. Like it, it, there was a couple, there was like the Harley Quinn being able to run through the entire field without uh, getting yeah. hit. Uh, but I mean, Blackguard just getting shot in the face immediately. Yep. Uh, the weasel death was hilarious. <laughs> like just did did anyone check to see if the weasel could swim? <laughs> He's just like, ah! The unacknowledged truth that sometimes the fate of the world lies in the hands of some really underpaid office workers that forgot to check if the weasel could swim. Yep. Or if uh, Bloodsport's afraid of rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's great way to set the tone. Um, and I do, I do like, I kind of like and dislike that the movie, the entire movie is just the one story. Yes. There is no setup. There is no pre-mission. This like mm-hmm. totally could, could have been the sort of movie where they spend the first 30 minutes introducing a bunch of characters on like a little separate secondary mission that doesn't relate. Right. And that's what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is I, I genuinely thought that it was going to be like this first mission has all of these people and they're all going to die or like people are going to go haywire and then mm-hmm. like they're going to something's going to happen where they they are the ones responsible for setting off the second mission. So they have to go do it basically like right. clean up their own mess and it's a new yeah. team and stuff like that. But no, I completely agree from the get go. It's the mission. Yep. Flashes back to explaining some stuff. Uh, sure. But yeah. like, yeah, okay. I agree yep and i love that they he almost tells a joke with the structure where he's like here's this first mission and it's going really horribly and you're like okay well this is just the cold open and flag's gonna extricate himself somehow and then we'll do the real one and then it's just like cut to the other beach yeah and they're just rolling on shore yep and they're like like the explosion like what is that (laughs) nothing distraction don't worry about it it. yeah and just like i mean it also narratively tells a very good story about how task force x is run yep like they are expendable yep um and like they were like oh everyone's chosen specifically for their uh uh abilities and all of those that are just like they shoot good the same just f tier villains that no one cares about mm-hmm. like and then the detachable kid like <laughs> it gave him so much chance to like just make a joke about comics and yeah uh i think i talked about this in our uh watch been up to episode mm-hmm. i believe episode 193 yep uh mm-hmm. how james gunn to me is the perfect person to do this kind of movie like mm-hmm. the just like ridiculous comic movie yeah um with just mostly freedom uh, because he is a nerd and so he can make those jokes and it's appreciated yep. by a casual goer who is just like, haha, that's kind of funny. What are all these useless people that I've never heard of? Right. Doesn't matter. Cannon fodder. <laughs> and now, and then also for comic readers who were like, really, you're going to put the detail, like, you're going to put arm fall off boy in a movie. Yep. Oh, okay. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they did the same thing with polka dot man. Mm-hmm. When they said polka dot man, I was like, he's probably dead. Like, it's probably a joke and mm-hmm. solid character. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing I really and genuinely enjoyed is I think every single one of those characters was a solid character. Even the ones that they kill off in the first, like five minutes, they're individually drawn yeah. characters. Yes. Yeah. Blackguard's an arrogant jerk. Savant is angry bird murderer which love the little car karmic yes. payback oh my god I, I really i really really thought that they were going to uh play that back in larger scale because they had that whole scene of the general 
burning the aviary later on. Oh. And I was so sure that they were going to play that back and it was going to be like something catches on fire or something like that. But it didn't really work out. Yeah. I wonder if there was an alternate way he was going to do that. But Mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, what else? The characters. Yeah. Uh, Bloodsport. Bloodsport's good. Bloodsport's great. Uh, Idris Elba's sexy as balls. Just the, like, the competent villain. The very competent villain. Yeah. Among marginally competent. <laughs> like, basically, it's he's a solid, a solid, like, villain for this case. And everyone else, a piece of them sums up to another one solid individual villain. Yep. Um, like, uh, so peacemaker very very competent killer yep but absolutely balls to the wall <laughs> idiot yep. uh personality uh harley just the like is pretty smart strategically mm-hmm. like you get that the scene with her like planning her escape perfectly mm-hmm. and then like being able to also very competent killer yeah uh polka dot man depressing background <laughs> <laughs> Got some mommy issues there, bud. Yeah, it's uh, and then King Shark, eh. big Muscle. and big and care and I guess I was gonna say comic booky, but also Polka Dot Man. Yeah, but I feel like the more I analyzed my point, it fell apart. But I still feel like that there's all of them together make one solid person, right? And then. Well, they all have their own useful aspects, but they oh, need a leader to draw them sure. together. In the story, they all are very, like, they're yeah. characters. But I think, like, in the context of their efficiency as a team, it's basically two efficient people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, King Shark. Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. He was clearly having a lot of fun with it. Yep. They were having a lot of fun with writing him. Yeah. Um, writing the 70 words he said. Yep. <laughs> Most of them. That's a stretch. Nom nom. (laughs) Yeah. There was, uh, I feel like uh, Gunn was making a joke about the Hulk. Yeah. Like the King Shark nom nom. Nom nom. Big nom nom. Like that thing. It's definitely like a Hulk smash thing. Yeah, a little bit. Um, But I like this one better, honestly. Yeah. Because it was like a, it's a kind of a, well, like it, it still kind of say, does the same thing. It's a character that has in that, since like the Hulk being hulked out has like a one track mind yep, and being told to not do it for so long. And then in the final battle scene, getting to do it, definitely the Hulk. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't want to just dig through all the characters. No. By one, yeah. I mean, but... most of them, you get a little three minutes of personality and you yeah. know enough about them to understand why they get murdered. Ratcatcher yet. Oh yeah. Ratcatcher's great. So. So. Ratcatcher 2. Here's the thing that Andy came and told me about. So Andy's theory is that it is a very strong um, anti-capitalist theme. Um, Specifically the fact that the movie I would argue and he argues is somewhat centered around Ratcatcher. Having been the one that like kind of does the final like does the does the big defeat mm-hmm. with Harley's help um mm-hmm. but it's about the to put it relatively literally uh the trash eating poor animals of that the, there are numerous eating the one big destructive monster mm-hmm. like and then also kind of uh Taika Waititi like Ratcatcher 1's whole spiel is kind of about that like mm-hmm. we are the mini kind of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of like that idea. How do you feel about that? That theory? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, I mean, kind of one of the main plots of the movie is just the explicit, um, not anti-American necessarily, but like right. critique of the way the American intelligence community has kind of comported itself. Right. There's some legitimate gripes there for sure. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's it's something that is, I it, the movie I think at least feels like it's speaking truth to power. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how effective it was as 
anti-capitalist. I never read it that way. Okay. Maybe more anti-imperialist. Possibly. Because, yeah, there's nothing that really ties into capitalism about it. But yeah. it's about power and using the power to well, uh, conquer. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. Star I of the guess. Conqueror, not Star of the Robber Baron. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what he said. I. I also. I am. He told me one time, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh yeah," and like kind of in passing. So I'm just like regurgitating it because I Mm -hmm. kind of liked it. Maybe. Maybe he said anti-imperialist. Yeah. No. And I mean, ADHD. ADHD mm -hmm. memory is as solid as air. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. No. The rat thing still plays into that. Like the oppressed peoples, the people that have been downtrodden, and. Uh. I mean, yeah. then that also plays fairly literally with the rebels, uh, sure, up, up, rising up and saying, "I'm the president now." Basically, yep. Um, which that was also a fantastic scene mm-hmm. where they go through. Like, I mean, it's just it. The whole movie I felt was fresh every step of the way. Like everything, mm-hmm. like the movies didn't seem to repeat itself, whether it be uh like action wise or character interaction wise or yeah. like thematically basically like so the the scene where they're like killing all the people in the camp is a different style of like it's like a stealth action but like there's a joke within it the whole thing mm-hmm. of like the two competing yeah um and then the joke that like they just killed the entire rebel army basically mm-hmm. uh but like that kind of like uh testosterone battle mm-hmm. didn't happen again which is good because it just would have been old if it happened again right um it came back a little bit like their rivalry yeah obviously came back with the killing yeah <laughs> but uh not killing i guess thanks um, post credit scene but they didn't overdo it again right they used it as a launching point yes yeah point of direction yeah, yeah. um did you have a favorite kill in the movie or favorite death? Did I have a favorite kill or death? Mm, probably the weasel. He didn't die, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you fool. I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, if the weasel was dead, then it would be the weasel. Right. Um, maybe f- arm fall off boy. Mm-hmm. Because his arms were the ones getting shot, but he was just like flopping around over there. Like (laughs) it wasn't actually getting shot. He was just in pain. Um, one, probably one of the ones from the, the rebel camp. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those were really fun. That that was very much just him kind of in a little sandbox of murder. Creatively killing people. Yep. Which is something that I've talked about a lot with like Mm -hmm. comic book movies. You have superheroes and you have powers. Like the best Mm -hmm. writers can creatively use those in some ways. Mm -hmm. And you've got these two guys who verbatim from the movie do the exact same thing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And like he just got to do, got to have fun with that. It was just like, I'm going to have these two guys just use everything as a weapon and be perfect shots. Yep. It was great. The particular favorite of mine was probably Peacemaker walking up past the sleeping guy and just step, 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 step. <laughs> just like, like chopping him with the axe. Um, yeah, no, that's, I think, like, I can't get past the weasel. It's that's such fair. a good one. That's fair. We can count it. Yep. Uh, trying to think of who else was in that opening scene. Let's see. Savant, kind of boring. Man. They just needed to show that that was an actual threat. Yeah. Um, Blackguard gets deservingly shot in the face which is fine um javelin kind of dies javelin gets his little heroic death scene uh mongol mongol mongal uh gets burned alive but Mm. that was just like "Eh, it's over cool um yeah everyone else just basically gets shot yeah um maybe the uh the uh, the president, like the the fir- the one that got that Harley shot, mm. because of like what she said afterwards, where she was just like, "Look, man, <laughs> like I told myself last time, if there was red flags, I would literally kill them." And Do I was the like, healthy Geez. thing and murder him. Yeah, exactly. I I love that. That was great. That bit, like that's such a Harley thing to do. Like there are no, like. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's extremes with her. Yeah. And you know, when you date the Joker, the next guy you date, if he also has red flags, probably bad. Take your shot when you can. Yep. Yeah. I I really and then just like that. I'm surprised this had like it was so. It was fourth wall breaking without fourth wall breaking. It was Wait, joking about just what they tropes. call meta. It was yeah, it was meta. Yeah, it's meta. Yeah. <laughs> and just like I can't believe they had a bullet in it. Like yeah. exactly like they never put bullets in show guns. Yeah. No. No, yeah, I I mean I really liked the whole Harley meets the president mm-hmm. sequence in general, but um I think it was there were a couple of things. This is going to start bleeding into the bad a little bit for me, but there were a few moments throughout where it really felt like they're setting up something or leading towards something. And then it just kind of didn't pan out. Um, we mentioned kind of obliquely in the, what you've been up to, um, in the episode, uh, the scene where blood sports, like smashing down through the building. And we're, if the blocking had worked expecting him to pancake peacemaker. Um, there was another one that I remembered after the fact, uh, Sean Gunn's cameo in uh, the prison where he's taunting Bloodsport kind of thought Bloodsport was just going to murder him. Yeah. But it was it was a weird thing to be in there and not go anywhere, it felt like. Um, and the whole Harley scene, I was like, man, am I okay with it? her just like falling for this dude because he's handsome and like not seeing what's going on here? Yeah. And then... Um, she, the the gun cabinet gets smashed. I'm like, oh, she's going to pick up a gun and shoot him. Yeah. And it, it dragged on for so long, I'd already let my expectations down. Mm-hmm. And then he got shot and a fist pumped. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the scene transitions or the the like the, the section titles. Yes. Very cleverly I done. I loved those so much. Yeah. Every single one was like just like I... I wanted to know how it was done. There was the one that was the junk that like lined up to yeah. be. I love that kind of art in general where like mm-hmm. you'd have you know, perspective is everything kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Perspective is everything. Get out of Get here. Get out of here with your philosophy nonsense. Uh, I'm going to pour water on you. But just like, I was like, oh, that's just, when you saw it, it looked like it was just going to be a bunch of junk set up in that way. But as it like passed over, you could see that it was that lineup thing and that made it even more satisfying. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just like the stuff that I enjoy. Tiny little. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's diagetic captions. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd another be good example would be Baby Driver. When they put the lyrics of the words mm. in the world. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, it would have been so easy in this movie to just, boom, title card. Right. But, no. But they uh, they, they did the fun stuff with Went it. Went the extra mile. Uh, What else was good? Um, I mean, we talked about characters a little bit, just like their creation. But, like, also every single character had a fantastic arc. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them, like, got some sort of earned something that right. they hadn't um, in some cases that's a bullet in the throat yes uh in some cases that's just a moment of like kind of uh mental and emotional clarity mm-hmm. immediately to be splatted by a giant starfish but sure. uh that was i really liked that because his whole thing was just like i'm crazy i am a villain i see everyone and then kind of just that like i am a superhero is kind of a uh, a culminating like he kind of he, he just learned what he, he maybe actually yeah. had a calling to be a hero yeah only to be was it surreptitiously is that a word surreptitiously killed uh serendipitously it's not really serendipity just what does surreptitious mean surreptitious means like secretly oh that's not what Subtly, i was no that's the opposite of that only to be suddenly suddenly killed suddenly splat yeah exactly so not gonna get much fancier than that usefully nope uh yeah no just Mm -hmm. all of it uh any other good for non-spoil or for spoilers like anything else we can address john cena's biceps john cena's penis see his bulge when he was in the underwear yeah i couldn't take my eyes off of it 
and I am a straight man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it's like riveting. It's just like you can't take your eyes off of it. It was a fantastic like storytelling going on at that point. Mm-hmm. But like I mean and that also was just We talked about this a little bit that you think your style of or like what you enjoy doesn't particularly line up with Sean Gunn or James, James Gunn. Gunn. Yep. Um I think I do like his stuff. Okay. Um does that At mean you're willing to go on record saying Guardians of the Galaxy is a good movie? Um, I think it's a fine movie. Like, I, I don't think I have a whole lot of problems. I mean, you could probably go I back I don't know why I'm condescending. No, you're not. I'm just, nodding uh, at the camera because, like, everyone thinks it's good. I'm in the minority I mean, here. Yeah. No, I think you can go back and find a super cut of me uh, with ever opin- every opinion ever. And it's one or the other. It depends on mm-hmm. which side of the bed I slept on. Yep. Um. But I think they're all, they're both fine movies. They have problems for sure. And I can identify them pretty well. Yeah. But like, you know, I don't look back at either of them and think I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also those have the problem of having, uh, so I saw a, a James Gunn explained the difference between being, uh, between Marvel being producer and D- and Warner being a producer. Mm-hmm. And the way he said it is uh, Marvel is a, producer and studio mm-hmm. and warner there is they are the studio and there are the producers okay um so marvel has like marvel is the producer like kevin mm-hmm. feige is the producer so everything that you do kind of has to be or it ends up being in the same vein right and so of letting james gunn just be like do what he wanted to do you get a lot more of his like flourish and style mm-hmm. through this movie and just like you kind of get a glimpse of his crude history mm-hmm. which is what he was canceled for because that's what he like for people yeah. who don't know uh he got his start in the industry as a comedian that was like shock humor yeah that you look back on and it's definitely tasteless but that's what he did to get mm-hmm. just be heard at all yeah and uh now he's he's toned down a lot since he's gotten big career uh defining movies um but he seems to have fine-tuned that crude humor yeah to be palatable by a general audience Mm -hmm. and that really shined with this movie and i love it okay um yeah cool what else any else any other good uh, you mentioned the music. Yes, I did enjoy the music. There's mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, King Shark in the fish tank that that music really spoke to me mm-hmm. somehow. Um, there was, I can't place all the exact moments, but like there was just times over and over again throughout the movie where I was like, I I, I enjoy listening to the music. It was kind of thumping. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't often find myself saying that in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice to just be like, oh, yeah. Like, look at the, the, the music. I might actually go listen to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Bad? What didn't we like? Well, I can I can say I, a lot, of, not a lot, but a fair amount of the humor didn't land for me. Yeah. Um, There's some particular jokes I can point to. The, um, I don't know why this one in particular bugs me. It might be because it was in the trailers, but the when they're on the plane, um, the whole discussion about the weasel, is he a werewolf and stuff? That's great. And then Flag comes in and he's like, he's armless. Well, he's not armless. He killed 27 children. That oddly specific number yeah. doesn't work with the rest of the scene, it feels like. Because mm-hmm. that's a particular breed of human. Right? That's a particular breed of humor. And in fact, it's not a human. <laughs> in fact, it's a weasel. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, humor! Jokes. We got something resembling jokes. Um, yeah, no. We, it, got, we have jokes second cousin th- three times removed. That's what we have on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, and that only yeah. yeah, no, the oddly specific, it's it's the sort of thing that almost comes across as cutesy, mm-hmm. and I don't think it worked there. Yeah. Um, the you call me cutesy. It's a lot of my humor is the oddly specific humor. I think in that context, it came across as cutesy. I think I it it like numbers and yeah. things like that. It it just it I don't know. Yeah. It it felt out of place in that scene. No, I agree. That that joke also landed flat for me. I, I think that there's a way to rewrite that scene that just brings it all home a little cleaner. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of times that I was laughing that I think you weren't. Yeah. I think it's just like, I just, I was just 
I was having a good old time. Mm-hmm. I think I shut my brain off for this movie. Yeah, I think I did too. But I did it. I learned how to shut off my brain, Mom. Mom? Why did I say... Moving on. Because you have polka dot man issues. (laughs) (laughs) Say it because we're in spoiler section right now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The humor didn't always work for me. Um, I guess we didn't talk about it in the good, but you were generally pretty impressed with the visuals. Yeah. And I was not. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, So the two big i guess visually stunning sequences are the two moments that stick out to me are like the harley flower sequence which for me did not work at all mm-hmm. um i i guess it's trying to be like okay this is sort of what she sees how she approaches the, yeah. what, what what it feels like to be harley yeah. but it was really jarring okay. um especially as a scene to just be kind of a one-off like I guess we do get Polka Dot Man seeing his mom. Oh, I was going to say, you kind of get that mood with her and the president. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of surreal... Hyper-reality kind of thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. But then, very literal flowers flying out of people is just completely different scale. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it And it did feel very much like a moment that was calculated to be visually stunning. Yeah. More than a moment that was deserved because of anything the movie had done to set it up okay uh at least that was that was my take on it right yeah well i mean what you're saying makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. um i just liked it that's fair (laughs) yeah i have no other rebuttal besides the fact that i just liked it it was fun to look at (laughs) yeah that's fair that's entirely fair um yeah yep uh and then the other one was starro tromping around i never was entirely convinced that he was actually present in the scene okay um the cgi was good um and i i really liked the way the character itself was done like i don't know how they did it but they communicated that the alien starfish was having that internal moment of panic when a bug is crawling on you when the rats started crawling on it (laughs) you could see it in its giant lidless eye but um no but in general it it was very much like okay there's a giant cartoon tromping through the streets and they're gonna go after it yeah um it took me out of the final battle a little bit i think gotcha Um, yeah there were uh i mean i felt there was something that i kind of noticed when it was tromping around is like it didn't feel like it had the same devastation as you would expect from a giant starfish like whenever he would step it was like the point of a star right so like he would maybe crush a few square feet right but like i mean most of his damage was kicking through things right um but yeah that was i that was something that i felt like it wasn't like we weren't seeing starro destroy as much as we were seeing have been destroyed does that make sense his wake looked worse than what it seemed like he yeah. was doing yeah and that was something i was just like hmm who destroyed all this <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm kind of wondering in retrospect if my issue with the visual was if there was something with the lighting or the the shadows that was Maybe. off yeah because thinking about it there were a lot of moments where things felt unnaturally lighted or shaded to me just in general. I think the visual palette just didn't agree with me so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But Starro in particular, it might've just been that shadows were placed wrong or something. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It just, it, Mm -hmm. it did ring false to me a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. Um, What else? Let's see. I mean, honestly, like I, I loved this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I think I'm looking at it rose tinted glasses too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did shut my brain off too much that I was just like not yeah. observing anything bad. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like if you, as you keep saying things, like kind of reminds me, it'll at least remind me of things that I either didn't like or like, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that wasn't great. Yeah. Um, the thinker. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of him broadly speaking he kind of felt like a character that they were trying to go six different directions oh 
Okay, let me let me rephrase. He felt like a character that they had a coherent vision in the like notes right. for when they were writing the script. But when they put him on screen, the order we get information about him feels like he's like six different characters. That, I agree. That was the same thing I was going to say. It's like, I'm not entirely certain where he stood. Yeah. And I think, I think when you get to the end of his story, you can reassemble those parts into a coherent picture. But yeah. as you're getting them, it's like, okay, so he likes to go out to the club and drink and party. And he is a scientist and he's working with these people and he's just in it for the science or he's just in it for the power. Or he's yeah. just, it, there were a lot of different threads that were didn't necessarily work for, for sure. Like there was uh, right before he died, like he was mm-hmm. trying to say, like, uh, I could like he felt bad for what he did to Starro. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't know if he genuinely felt that because it came across mm-hmm. as like uh panicked villain trying to save his ass that's how i read it there had not really been a period like that before of there also there also wasn't a moment where he felt like he was going to die i mean there could have been a couple times like where he was getting kidnapped like they could have set that up Mm -hmm. and had like shown that that's his personality is like a like do whatever he can like say whatever he can to save his butt like, I'm gonna. They kidnapped him. I'm gonna push back on you a little bit okay. there. He's a guy who, from what we have seen, is very confident and assured. He's he trusts himself. He trusts the right. resources he has at his disposal. Um, but when he's set before Starro, naked and afraid, basically, mm. he's at Starro's mercy and he knows that and that is a situation where he has no control yeah and i think that's something that breaks down even a very confident exterior right very confident guy being kidnapped by some thugs that happens every other week for him probably yeah okay i'm ha. not convinced refuted duly noted not particularly <laughs> convinced but i did not that attached to that issue okay the issue i just remembered that i did have that's not how hard drives work. How do hard drives work? Enlighten us. Some files are on that thing. One, yep. some files are on that thing, but not the entirety of the Starro project. No. Two, the entirety of the Starro project would take up so much storage. Yeah. That it, like, yeah. And then also, the fact that he just, like, kind of broke open a, a plate... And mm-hmm. just kind of picked it up. There was no like disconnection or anything. Mm-hmm. Was it just sitting in there? Yeah, just waiting to be picked up by like, by a character. The whole like, is that a MacGuffin? No, because it matters. Dang it! I it matters it what it is. I, I keep flopping that. It's it was just like a that one did stick out to me. That one mm-hmm. clicked on my critical brain. Where it was just like that is a single item that they just need to represent. Yeah. Uh, a plot point. Yep. And I feel like it was done poorly because at least like, if you know anything about hard drives, like mm-hmm. the size of that thing could maybe have been like, okay, no, I don't know this much, but like maybe a f- few terabytes if you're lucky. But like, I feel like it's, it looked like a pretty normal hard drive. Mm-hmm. So like probably just a couple of terabytes. Yeah. The entirety of the Starro project has to take up like petabytes. Yeah. At least. Decades <laughs> of very complicated data. Yeah. Um I couldn't tell if when they showed the video of Starro being brought in, like if he killed the people, like when he like the president they saw the mm-hmm. Starro like released and killed those people. Did that actually happen or was that doctored footage? Because it looked the same as the footage of they got Starro and like bumbled, bundled him up. Wasn't it all the same thing? Like they got Starro, they bundled him up, Starro armpitted out some babies, and the babies attached themselves to the. Well, then how did they get Starro into to the um, oh place plot hole? Like no, like that. I think I I don't know if it it wasn't clear to me. It felt like that first footage was like oh yeah this is what it was, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll like we'll see how it happens later. But, like, the next time we saw the footage, it looked like the exact same, like, positioning, Mm -hmm. except they restrained him. Yeah. And then that's where they put him away. 
Um, I don't know if those were different times. Like Starro did the like the did the things to those people, and then the next group of people took them. Could be, or if it was doctored footage to make it seem like Starro escaped or something. I don't know. It could be that Starro took control of the ship and they landed it, and Starro let himself be captured. Because that's what we need, another villain letting himself be captured in a movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. That was that was not particularly I, clear how Starro got there. Now, now that you mention <laughs> it, that did stick in my brain a little bit for a few seconds there. Yep. Oh, what else? Amanda Waller was not very well explained. Like I really, her her, her mm-hmm. motivation and her personality, she was just an asshole that was saying to do things. Yep. Like, I liked I liked her on paper in this and i liked a lot of what they did with her to be honest um i really liked the just no nonsense take no prisoners yeah i'll murder your daughter if i need to just to get stuff done um but they needed to set her up to be someone that could be knocked out by an intern with a mic stand (laughs) at at the end and so i think that's what the you remember there's that scene where she's putting golf balls yeah and even in that, it is very much like, okay, it's a means to an end. She needs to get in with the senator and yeah. intimidate him. But it was so jarring relative to what we had I, earlier. I agree, yeah. It was clearly just, okay, we need to soften her up for something to happen yeah. at the end. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll address this a little bit more in Ugly, uh, but uh, to add on to my... With, with Waller. Um, so... Kaylin, when she's watching the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. not Star Wars, Harry Potter movies. Oh, she. Yeah. That's those are different things. Yes, they as are. As it turns out, uh, when Kaylin's watching the Harry Potter movies, she's watching them with the supplemental knowledge of what's in the books. Mm. So, like when, so yep. a common complaint I have about the Harry Potter uh, movies is, okay, that's a thing now. Yep, we can control time all right, what are all the implications of this? Like, how does this thing work? And fair enough, that one totally comes out of left field in the books too. Okay, but in the book, it's more explained right. how it works, not in the movie. But so I have this problem. Kaylin doesn't have this problem because when she's watching the movie, mm-hmm. she already has all this background knowledge. Exactly. I kind of had that with a Waller where I had to distinguish what was in the book. Yeah. Like, like comic Waller versus uh, movie Waller. Because going into it, like, she would say things that, like, I'll get into a little bit ugly, and I'll be like, hmm, I feel like that doesn't track with Waller, like, with her, like, what her backstory is. Why? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, but in the the movie, that's in the comics, in the movie, she doesn't have (laughs) I actually had to, like, pull those apart physically in my brain, or I guess mentally. Yeah. Um. I guess when I say physically, I mean like I had to put a conscious effort into doing it. Yep. That's what I mean by physically. Um, but I don't know. If we don't have any bad, I can go into that. Uh, Let's see. Go into ugly. Um, I did want to complain a little bit about some of the characters. Okay. Um, I liked Bloodsport. I liked the way he was handled. I liked Peacemaker. The way he was handled. I liked Rick Flag. The way he was handled. I liked um, generally Polka Dot Man. He was a bit more of a one-note character. Yeah. Um, but it was a fun note and David Dust Malchian Malchian is Dust Malchian. Dust Malchian is that's how I say it. Okay. And that's what his official name is in the world now. Sorry, Dave. Um and I I liked Ratcatcher, but I wasn't sure where the thematic justification came from for having the swarm of rats be the thing that won the day in the end question did she come from mortal uh court Malti- no portugal portugal how did we know that it's explained in one of her little backstory expositions okay because when you get like taika watiti actually talking and mm-hmm. doing the stuff it pans out to show the city mm-hmm and I guess I missed the Portugal part because it was like landing on the city and I'm like, did I recognize this city? It seems to be landing really hard. Like, I guess, which yeah. was thematic for her story of like, 
we are the people kind of thing. Like, what mm-hmm. was the thing that Taika said, like, right at the end? What was his whole point? Oh, uh, I did, rats honestly, are the I'll most... I'll be honest, I mm-hmm. totally zoned out during that <laughs> because I was like, Taika Waititi! Taika Waititi! That's Taika Waititi! <laughs> we didn't know what Taika Waititi was going to be, but he's Ratcatcher 1! That's Taika Waititi! And then I, and then he like, and then it panned to the city, and I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get this verbatim, um, and my phone's dead, so I can't look it up, but it was like, um, rats are the lowest and most despised creature. They're um, treated like vermin, mm-hmm. however it's said. Right. Um, but if there's hope for them, then there's hope for us. Or okay. Something to that effect. But there wasn't a thing about just like, they're everywhere or like we are, like that's what we are. Maybe. I mean, that. I think that may have been what the shot was meant to be. Yeah. It's like, that's absolutely. what we are. It's like, it tried to look at the city and like, this is people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was trying to like reveal where she's from because I missed the Portugal part. It really and felt for like for the next mm-hmm. five minutes, I was looking for like the key landmarks yeah. in the battle with Starro, and I was like, "I'm just gonna assume she's from this," and that's what they were trying to say. So like, yeah. I had for the rest of the movie, I had like this idea that she was from that city or country, mm-hmm. Corto Maltese. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And just like, it's a two words of a language I don't speak. <laughs> yep. Um, so I just, for the rest of the movie, I was like, ah, she's from there. And that's like, yeah. it's, it's personal for her. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying her, th- she thematically didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, she definitely earns her moment of triumph, but just the, the rats, t- I guess like it, it sort of ties in with the imperialist thing and the, um the rebels taking down the the government but that was that was also very much like a let's pick this up mid-second act and kind of run with it from there right um it just it felt like they wrote the movie and then we're like hey we can kind of graft some of these themes onto it Hmm. um yeah i don't know didn't quite work for me yeah it felt like each character had their own theme. Mm-hmm. Which I felt like kind of worked. Yeah, no, up to a point for sure. Yeah. It's, it was... Like, each one represented a theme of, like, what James Gunn was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, thank God it wasn't the full, like, 14 <laughs> character all having a different theme. <laughs> it was like, oh, God. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that it just went from, like, oh, look at all these people, and... and James Gunn, it's just James Gunn pulling a bunch of cameos and mm-hmm. getting hype and then just being like, ha tricked you into watching my movie. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, should I get into Ugly? Do you have anything else you wanted to No, I don't think so. Moan about? All right. No, not particularly. Uh, so let's talk about Ugly. Well, I mean, right off the top, I want to say, so accurate. Okay. All over the place. All right. God, okay. There's a few, like... Uh, pretty large differences that are needed. Big one mainly is Bloodsport uh, was a war, uh, Vietnam War uh, draft uh, dodger mm-hmm. um, who went to Canada and then his brother went to Vietnam in his place uh-huh. and then got killed in Viet, uh, either killed in Vietnam or crippled in Vietnam. I can't remember which one, but you know, Sure. Got got the bad bad done to him in Vietnam. Yep. And so he went crazy and started to kill people. And did in fact shoot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. That is an actual comic. Hey. So love it. He existed for three issues. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh so that was like so it's a little different. He's I mean, they didn't say that that's what happened in his past. He doesn't have a daughter in the mm-hmm. uh comics. Um that's definitely them just trying to go for the dead shot character. Yeah. Um capitalize on that a little bit yep uh waller her so what made me what stuck out to me with her is her whole history is basically her husband was killed her daughter was raped and killed and another and like her other daughter got like killed like her whole family got torn away from her in like just terrible ways mm-hmm. and she was like and she uh, strove to just like make it to the top so that she could just like no, that would like to def- protect the what's left of her family. Mm-hmm. And so when she was like threatening to kill Dubois's daughter, I was like, that 
feels like a very wrong thing <laughs> for the Amanda Waller that I know. Yeah. Um, which is when I had to mentally pull those apart. Yep. Like this is not the same Waller. Um, but like that's, I mean, uh, also, uh, Waller in the, I, this is the problem with me having read the comic that is very, very based on the movie's very, very based on, mm-hmm. uh, this is the John Ostrander from the eighties, like right after, uh, like I think it started in 88, uh, it, the logo is the same, having the bullet holes through the suicide. It's literally yeah. like, it's so based on that run. And you can tell, like reading it, I can tell like stylistically and like just kind of mm-hmm. the way that the plots develop. It's like very similar. Um, albeit I've only finished one volume. So to be fair, I don't have a whole lot of experience. I've been very busy. And I intended to read a bunch, but I am enjoying it thoroughly. So I will continue reading and update you on whenever I finish this run, how Good. accurate it is. But that said, uh, crap. What was I saying? Oh, I can't. Okay. The problem with me reading this and also watching the movie at the same time mm-hmm. is there's a line that I know, and I don't know which one it's in where Waller says they're expendable, but only if we need to, is that in the movie? No. Okay. That's her personality in the, in the comic. That's, that's what made me think. I couldn't remember like if that wasn't, mm-hmm. if that was said in the movie, um, because that violates basically what happened in the beginning of the movie. Right. She just cannon foddered them, but she doesn't do that in the comic. She actually chooses people specifically for their skills mm-hmm. for that mission. The hoping they actually accomplish the mission because the, she wants the missions done, but she doesn't cannon fodder anybody. Right. Um, she does, however, uh, secrets on secrets on secrets on secrets, which is basically what makes her butt heads with Batman all the time. And those yep. are always fun panels. Oh yeah. Um, but like the kind of the United States is actually involved in the star thing. And she's trying to cover that up, but didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And then also like the secret mission for a character, like yep. that's the thing they didn't do that in the suicide squad. The old one, did they? I don't or, think so. Uh, uh, but basically like, yeah, I mean each, um, a good example done in Marvel is Black Widow in Winter Soldier when they get on the boat at the very beginning mm-hmm. and Cap's like, yeah, we were just supposed to like free the hostages. And she's like, I had a different mission. Mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. having secrets or their secrets yep. have secrets. Uh, Waller's the same way, basically. Uh, Argus is basically, they never said Argus in the movie. No, no, I don't think they did. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Uh, Argus is basically the asshole version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was isn't that I, what I shield really, is huh isn't that what shield is the asshole version of shield <laughs> shield's an asshole argus is worse <laughs> um but uh so having peacemaker having his own secret mission mm-hmm. uh was that i that was like yeah that's how that would go yeah i i like that um what else i mean king shark is dumb and yep. meat but also like not dumb um it depends on who's writing them. The my experience, I, I've seen it done both ways mm-hmm. in the comics. Uh, I've seen the fact that he wouldn't be able to talk unless he's got water. Um, he is, in fact, like the king of the ocean <laughs> or something. But Aquaman has something to say about that. He definitely does. Loudly uh, and often. <laughs> um, who else? Who else is there? Polka Dot Man. Way different. Uh, yeah. That's not his shtick. Uh, in the movie, he's like, he's got this illness that he expels polka dots. Like it's an interdimensional thing. Uh, in the comics, he's literally just got dots to do different things. Yep. Like, uh, yellow is a razor that he throws. Uh, mm-hmm. black is a hole that you fall in. There's like a portal. I think, I think, uh, red flies, like just stuff like that. Like, he literally has yeah. these polka dots that just do different things. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one I like better to be honest. Yeah, I like the concept of it's a, like it's an infection and yeah. he has to vent it. And, but then just like it's just he shoots. He yeah. shoots things. He just, and that's, that's kind of boring to me. But he doesn't shoot things real good. He just kind of like shotgun sprays things that like burn or dissolve or something like whatever that does. Yeah, that's true. There's the scene where he sets off the explosives too early. Yeah. And also brutalizes people like that. Yeah. That like dissolves them. Um, not like, like everyone else is any nicer to people. That's 
Harley Quinn is Harley Quinn. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention this in the good bit. Can I just say how how cool it was to see Harley the Harley Quinn escape scene use the woman leg scissors the big strong man perfectly? It was very well done. Yep. Yep. Also, the muscles on that woman. Mm-hmm. To just like lift herself up and also hold that guy and then just kind of like hold herself there and then delicately go back down. Like, yep. I think that scene did such a good job for Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like, just showed how freaking insanely awesome she actually is. I was, I was like, oh, that's who that character's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say an element of ugly is that she was much more villain in this, like just bad guy mm-hmm. for the sake of fun than anti-hero yeah um which you know it's fine sure she's having fun yeah i like fun uh starro starro the conqueror that's exactly how he works okay <laughs> he shoots his uh things that have an eyeball on it and he's like super big and it attaches to their face mm-hmm. and it kills them, but it takes over their body and he can talk through them mm-hmm. uh, in the Forever Evil storyline, which is a new, new 52 thing. Bad version of Justice League came over to the normal thing and took over and killed everybody. And But they like got all the villains together. There's uh-huh. this like four page spread of like every villain, mm-hmm. um, including like Condiment King. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and Starro's in there, but as like a, like a representative of Starro is there, yeah. just, like the thing on his face. Um, and so like that, I mean, just the whole thing, like he, you could have just. There's so many ways you could have like grounded Starro. He's just a space cloud. He's just a uh, yeah. He's just a big <laughs> space cloud that's gonna eat things, I guess. Um, but no, he's just this inter like the space. Like the trailers made it seem like it was a uh, experiment that they mm-hmm. made him but no yeah he's a alien starfish that controls people's minds and he gets big and he's a big starfish yeah space and his name's star of the conqueror they just win for it 100 percent. absolutely <laughs> and i'm like all right yeah Beautiful. yeah um i mean i don't really have anything else to say about anybody else uh oh one thing the guy with the glasses yeah, is a character in the comics. Of course he is. They literally pulled that guy from the comics. He's going to be... A, like, I don't know what his name is. I can't... like I don't remember the name from the movie, and I don't mm-hmm. remember the name from the comics. But it was literally... He showed up in the comics for me after we watched. <laughs> like, we were reading, and I'm like... Oh, my God. That's like a somewhat overweight guy with big 80s glasses and, like, long hair. This is that guy. <laughs> and I, it just made me so happy. I'm like, that. It, it just made me enjoy James Gunn's, like, just so much inspired by that. So much that he chose a non-superpowered side bureaucratic assistant character yeah. and put it in the movie. And now he's going to be in the show, apparently. Mm. The Peacemaker show. Yeah, how about which, it? That'll be something are you excited for that no i haven't really been i have some difficulty seeing how peacemaker will be a useful lead character (laughs) (laughs) i think it's gonna be i don't think it's gonna be a lead character i think it's gonna be an ensemble of the three of them it's the two of them like keeping him reined in kind of thing it's just like this guy that's like gung-ho and i'm gonna kill people in like peace and they're just like shut up go on this mission and then like yeah i could i could see it as more of an espionage show where it's a lot more about the planning and the figuring out how they can use their resource that would be kind of cool i don't know if they'd actually do that but dc is well i mean warner knows how to do espionage movies they have the god of all espionage movies <laughs> yeah, they could do an espionage show, yeah. uh, but no. Uh, so that's all of it. Uh, all I can think of for like ugly. I mean, it original story, sure. obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Matt, what do you rate it? Uh, I'd give it a solid six. All right. Um, probably tending towards a high six, but yeah. I just I didn't love it. Yeah. Any what other what other movies like do, like to you? Because kind of kind of 
um, gave you the same feeling leaving it. Yeah. What? Well, uh, let's see. Um, man, six is a really broad one for it me. It is. It is. Like, six and seven are like really tough ones to like distinguish. I have movies that I genuinely enjoy quite a bit that are sixes, and I have movies that I didn't really like that are sixes. Yeah. Um, in particular, this one probably feels kind of like something. Wow, you are stalling the... <laughs> hard. Um, probably on par with Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, I, I think I enjoyed this a little more, but I came out of it kind of with the same, like, yeah, all right, that was a movie yeah. feeling. Okay. I'm, I'm putting it at a solid eight. Okay. Like, pushing nine, but it's not quite there. Like wow. it, it won't be a nine. Like mm-hmm. I don't think even in a watch uh, rewatch it'll become a nine. Mm-hmm. But like it's a, it's a high eight. Okay. Yeah. No. I it's I genuinely enjoyed it. I would absolutely go watch it again. Um, if okay. someone else wanted to go watch it, what was the movie that just came out? Oh, Black Widow. Mm. Like I think that was a seven pushing an eight for me. Okay. Um, and I like and that me like an eight is like I will absolutely watch it again. A Shazam's an eight. That that's the kind yeah. of one I equate it to. Yeah. Which is like it's a fun movie. I enjoy it like all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the jokes to me like it's the delivery that are fun. Not yeah. Just like it's not a surprise humor. It's a delivery humor. Mm-hmm. And surprise humor is the one that doesn't have rewatch value because you know it's coming. Right. But, um. Yeah, like it's. I would absolutely watch this again. Um, Kaylin's probably not too interested in it because she's not a gore person. No, but uh, I'll go see it with other friends if they want to go, mm-hmm. or if someone buys it on HBO Max. I'll watch. I it I think again. it's free on HBO Max. Oh, is it free? I think so. That was a terrible idea. That's why they lost a lot of money. Godzilla vs Kong made some money. Yeah, but also it's rated R, so it's true. No, I'd watch it. I, I, well, yeah. Maybe I'll watch it again if it's free. I'll just watch it. Again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I wouldn't buy a ticket to it again, but I might watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's the little, That's the thing. Is like, I mean, yeah, I don't really want to buy a ticket. To I a guess movie twice in general. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess a good threshold for me is if Hannah wanted to go see a movie after we reviewed it, how willing would I be to pay for that second that's ticket? Pretty good threshold. Black yeah. Widow, I would have paid for that second ticket. Gotcha. Suicide Squad, I would not. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I would if if Kalen wanted to buy mm-hmm. a ticket and go see it. I would absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening to us review the suicide squad. Got to get the, the article in there. Uh, very important to do that. Agreed. Uh, if you're listening to this, this is the audio version of the outro. Uh, and you can find this podcast, our regular podcast, just us losers, on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio and Podbean and also YouTube where we do shortened video versions, uh, which is kind of a fun little thing. Our lovely editor Gage puts those together. Um, We're eventually going to be better about being on social media, but we have pages on social media on Facebook, on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod, on Instagram, that same handle at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, We have a Gmail where... I've basically just given up on writing reviews at this point. It'll happen when I have time. Uh, that, that will be a thing that I'll get back into doing. Eventually. Um, but if someone wants to send me a nice review of the Suicide Squad that I can plagiarize and pretend that I actually did it myself, justusloserspod at gmail.com would be this, the place to send that fine document. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything that we're talking about? We're talking about espionage movies coming up in a little bit here. Yeah! Spy movies. Spy movies, espionage movies. Don't really know what particularly we're going to talk about. I think we're just going to talk about it and see. I'm just going to leave it open. Yeah, we've got. Go into it with a question because I feel like every time I go into it with a question, I answer it. Yeah, uh, that'll be coming soon. So be look. I'd say looking for that, but really more listening for that. Um, yeah, no. If you've got other movies you want us to review, send us money because we have to pay for tickets, we have to pay our editor, and we don't have the kind of resources to be doing that out of our own pocket for more than a movie or so a month i really want to go see green knight i am finding it difficult to find the time to go see green knight but if we had the resources to go do it and do a review i would absolutely do it no questions asked i'll probably go see it anyway but you won't get to hear my thoughts on it except maybe in a what you've been up to yeah that's also the thing if you want us to go see a movie to review like if you have if you ask us to see a movie to review i mean depends on the movie of course if you want us to like i mean because again 
the reality is we have full-time jobs mm-hmm. and finances to handle and we can't just go see them. Yep. But like, you know, if you say, hey, I want you guys to go see this movie, we'll definitely seriously contemplate it. If it's one that's we think is worth going to see, we'll see it. Like, we'll take it into account for sure. Yeah. But also, the important thing you can do is get your friends to listen to this. Yeah. So we can get popular and make money from it. And then we can just go see all the ones you suggest. Exactly. It's all about money. I'd love to review two movies a week. Yay, That'd capitalism. Be so cool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> love to see two movies a week, but... Not at that place yet. Uh, next review we're planning on doing will be Shang-Chi in September. Uh, so you got that to look forward to. Um, and then in Dune, I presume we'll hit October. I mean, in October, I presume we'll hit Dune. Right. Nailed it. That's probably it. That's probably all I got at this particular time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.